Welcome to another episode of ANC, Anarchist News Corporation, and we're live here tonight, uh, rocking a late night capper, and uh, got some uh, pretty cool stuff on board uh, for us to talk about here in the, the news center. <laughs> Riley in. Yeah, Riley representing here, co-anchor here. The anarchist duo tag team of ANC here. Uh, yeah, rocking out here uh, on set. And uh, I guess we'll uh, begin with our news program debriefing tonight for all the uh, listeners. Including. <laughs> Including who? I was just flowing with trying to flow with you. You said uh, including somebody else. I was like, who is this? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, in that case, let's uh, begin here with our top headline. And uh, that is, uh, we're discussing a blueprint uh, for what a viable anarchist uh, regime system here uh, in America would look like uh, we're potentially would it be regime or would it be A socialist regime looking out for you? No, would it be a socialist regime? Or would it be a. A what? <laughs> a what? Socialist. It's going to be an anarchist. There's going to be no, no other ulterior influence on what would be happening. Like, the allocated, the allocated zoning of the anarchist territory within the blueprint would have no outside influences at all. That's the whole idea. And that's what we're talking about tonight, is we're talking about uh, what that would realistically look like... Uh, in the near future, if voters uh, on a ballot with an initiative or whatever, you know, put in the play for people to vote on this potential idea, uh, this defunding of everything, uh, you know, what that would realistically look like. How, how would you think that... What were some an idea that you think would be a realistic measure taken in that kind of a system, Riley? Well, I think there's a lot that goes into it. Military is like government. 
It's a facet of the government, yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, well, I mean, to me, you know, these people, in my opinion, these socialist people that are rebel-rousing in the streets are the ones that are, uh, you know, implementing this defunding of the police. They're the ones who are promoting this propaganda and this message, you know, and... I have to agree that I think that's right. And that's the same thing that would need to happen with the military as well. The military would need to be defunded as well. Because, let's face it, what's the difference between the military and the police? They're, all, they're both the same to me. <laughs> yeah. They're both but... like uh, people that have massive amounts of power to control other people. But see, this is why the forefathers said... And once again, we're going to go back to the Constitution well, here. Well, why do you want to mess up what is working? But see, that's the thing. It's not working. It's corrupt. And that's what these people are saying. And that's why they want to defund it. They said there's abuse of power. It's over-the-top power tripping over the people. And in my opinion, I see no difference between the power tripping of the police than the military. There's no difference. The military just only has their uh, segment within the society that they have, uh, you know, their place in. You know what I mean? Whereas the police is more hands-on with the, the, you know, general public populace, you might say. You know what I mean? And the issue is, is the reason why we're raising a stink and trying to enact an anarchist territory is to eliminate the power tripping and the totalitarian uh, you know control that these people have you know over the over the people you know that's what we're trying to I feel is more or less the root of the matter that we're trying to kill at its root uh, is how this there's this uh, corruption within these these parts, these facets of our government, you know, being the police, the military, you know, I think Hollywood has like, Hollywood's another one. It, it's another silent, uh, but what's about silent force? What's about keeping the people safe? Once again, I, let's go back to the Constitution here, Riley, with like what it has to say. Because this is something that is essentially still supposedly supposed to be into in effect, you know, and it says in that that we have the right to bear arms. Therefore, where the we are the police, you know, and this is where they're starting to talk about how they, they want to create ulterior police forces outside of the established, you know, city's police forces that are already in effect. What is it? Yeah, no, no.
What's that? What's your dad on with? I don't know. Well, Donald Trump. Donald <laughs> Trump. Yeah, so I mean, here is where, where we're kind of at here. We got some ideas. The defunding of the police. I think defunding of the military. Another thing is the feds. Any sort of federal government uh, we to like can't just stop paying soldiers. Stop paying soldiers? Yeah. Well, see, I look at that more as just like, well, what what else could we do? How else could we support the troops? That's a good point that you raise. Uh, if there would be no federal funding or federal, uh, if all that's you know done away with then like you're saying yeah that puts people like veterans in a in a difficult situation right yeah yeah and I think there's definitely ways that people could we could still uh, you know figure out something that we could do for these people it's not like an anarchist territory or regime is heartless <laughs> you know and that's something that we're trying to correct here at the Anarchist News Corporations, we're trying to make anarchism look more civilized. Because in essence, I really believe that it is. That's the thing. I believe that it is essentially a civilized populace or society or territory of people. Um, you know, it's just, once again... The Eastern Washington. Yeah, I think Eastern Washington is, you know, the best place for it because I think that... Eastern Washington is one of the most freest places to live. Once again, we mentioned this before. Yeah. And so it's like, it's the most uh, progressively ripe area, other than Seattle, which I wouldn't want to be. Uh, I wouldn't want that to be there. I think it'd be better here. But Name the population in Seattle. The population in Seattle would, would be helpful, but I don't, you know... Oh, we don't. We don't want to be. We don't want to be. Once again, any connection to, to socialism or helpful. what's not necessarily helpful? Population. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so at all. Yeah. So I mean, we have that. We have. Uh, what else? What else would we need to do realistically to create a anarchist territory? What would that? Again, what, would we have, for instance, would we have uh, speeding zones? Like, could you people just go whatever speed limit they want, or do we do we continue to have uh, in place some of the 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 laws that govern us? while we were under uh, supervision, you might say, by a big brother, uh, tyrannical, uh, multifaceted government. <laughs> I think we would keep that kind of stuff in place. What about laws? If, what about courts? Would we have judicial system? Would we have a new judicial system? Or do we keep the courts the way they are? But see, the courts... They're connected to 
the government and then like the police force and criminals and jails and like what about jails like realistically do we have jails do we incarcerate people in an anarchist system or is it just wild west free for all like right to bear arms and you can defend yourself if need be you know and uh. What about supermarkets? Would we have supermarket chains? Like, how would we have that kind of stuff? Would that stuff... Would those... The same supermarket chains still want to have their businesses in an anarchist territory? Yeah. What about currency? Would, Would... In an anarchist territory, would we have our own currency? Would we create a currency? Think about that yes. one. Or, or would we be still working USD, United States dollar? What? Would that still have... have West Coast Bells. West Coast Bells? Bills. West Coast Bills? Yeah. So it's a new kind of currency, West Coast Bills? Yeah. What is it made of? Money... What's it's made out of money? It is money, but what is it made of? Because like when you look at dollars, like United States dollars, they're made of paper. You know, they're worthless. It's not even like has any value. Like really, it's just paper, with certain yeah, denominations what? on it of, of of, you know, how much it's worth. Uh, so these are all things. These are all things. Things that we're raising. Points that we're raising that need to be addressed in trying to, you know, enact an anarchist territory, an anarchist uh, society or state or, you know, I think the best thing is to start off small. Um, And like I said, I just think that this part of America is a very... um, I think tolerable, free, open-minded kind of place for this to take place. But we have to rock the ballots, you know, to enact it. That's how we do it. In the Midwest. In the Midwest? Yeah. What about the Midwest? It's open to what Is the Midwest open to what I said? Yeah. I have no clue. I have no clue about the Midwest. I'm not interested. I don't... <laughs> I don't, I don't care about the Midwest. I'm only interested in where we li- we are, dude. Why do you care about the Midwest <laughs> so much? We're not the Midwest. We're not the Midwest. We're the West Coast, bro. We're the yes. inland. We're the inland Northwest. That means we're like we're right off like water, dude. Yes. <laughs> the, Washington State is not Midwest, dude. Midwest is like uh, the Great White. Almost so. Kind of. I mean, it's, oh, it's, a, it's about a 15-hour drive to the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> it's about a day drive or maybe day and a half. Midwest, I guess. I don't know. It's okay. You Midwest. Know. Yeah, we're, we're talking about starting off small, you know, here in... You know, I think, like I said, Pacific Northwest is a, is a, uh, not the Midwest. 
Uh, Pacific Northwest is a good uh, is a good place to uh, uh, try BMW. try something. BMW. What? PMW. PMW. PNW. Okay. Yeah. PNW. Yeah. PMW. Oh, dude, you don't ever admit that on set. On we're we're alive here, bro. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, once again, going back to what we're talking about uh, in regards to, uh, you know, I think we've mentioned actually knocked off a lot of things, uh, realistically speaking, that you know are things that we need. I feel consider if we're taking this concept seriously of enacting uh, a political regime of uh, that's anarchist, you know what I mean? And once again, when you look at the word anarchist, when you look it up on your phone or whatever, uh, it's not, it says nothing about people uh, rebel rousing, uh, you know, mm. loitering in the streets, engaging in acts of anarchy, you know, it, has, it mentions nothing of the kind actually. <laughs> when you turn the word anarchy, what about the word anarchy? When you, you search it, when you search the word anarchy, yeah, it's like it's it doesn't say that, but not anarchism or anarchist. It doesn't necessarily mean that. What does it say? What was it say? What does it say? It says the stuff that we promote on here that, it, that it's defined as under these things, like self-governance, um, you know, is, is one of them. You know, not uh, having any, you know, believing in no government, no government mental control over people. That doesn't mean going out and loitering in the streets. You know, yeah. That has nothing to do with that. And I could I could go on and on, you know, but it's like if people really want to know, why don't you just Google on your phone while you're listening oh, to this wow. right now, and you can see it, you know? It's like we're that like evolved and advanced now, the species where it's like we have that capability, you know, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So there's no, and that's the funny thing. There's really no need for people to be ignorant in this day and age, dude. It's like, because it's all at their fingertips. We have an oracle, basically, at our fingertips where we can no know all knowledge. There's no reason for it. But yet it exists because of biases, you know, I think, and people, you know, and their unwillingness Indeed. to, like, to be open-minded to other ideas, you know, which is their prerogative. It's their choice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that all of these ideas that we mentioned... Uh, are are really good ideas, you know, and like how, how would we realistically deal with these kind of things? And I think that all these issues would correct themselves, you know. And it's it's something to ponder, I think, and uh, kind of go into more, you know, at some other point in time. But we. Uh, actually kind of want to keep things flowing uh, in, in multi uh, 
different directions and stuff, and so... Indeed. So let's uh, actually go ahead and uh, segue into another topic that we wanted to discuss tonight. What is? Well, it's actually in regards to the 5G. Uh, the 5G uh, setup that we see all around us. You know, as we've, we've kind of actually uh, downgraded... Uh, uh, the idea of technology a little bit here on uh, ANC, the Anarchist uh, News bad. Well, it's just technology has its its pros and its cons, obviously, and we've addressed, you know, how, first of all, how technology and 5G rollout and all this stuff uh, could be used by political uh, persuasions or regime to uh, enslave people. Whereas we look at it from an anarchist perspective as that, you know, like we just recently mentioned on our podcast of Knight Rider reality, we talk about how we would like to see technology, you know, be utilized in that kind of a way where it helps man, you know, evolves man. Just like we're talking about with uh, having the ability to have an oracle at your fingertips in your cell phone and be able to uh, have... all knowledge at your fingertips basically you know what i mean it's just that's an evolved aspect of technology it helps people you know it's a positive thing it it has the ability to evolve people make them smarter you know and hopefully more civilized uh and and stuff of that nature but um but yeah so this is one of the things that we want to uh address um and what's up? You okay? Okay. Yeah, so one of the things that you know we wanna bring to light in regards to this uh five G rollout is that there potentially is actually a correlation with the sudden rise of technology and potentially uh, biblical prophecy. Uh, That's something that... (laughs) (laughs) That's something that uh, we feel is actually relevant because... One of the things that we like to look at uh, is, is all things. We, we try to be uh, enlightened anarchists. We try to be enlightened individuals. Uh, we, we want to be open-minded and knowledgeable in uh, gnosis. You know, we want to you know, know all about all things. That's why we're talking about... Not what? Negligence. Negligence. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to be negligent in in anything, you know, uh, in knowing certain things. So uh, this idea of being free-thinking individuals, you know, is is really important, you know, and so that's one of the things that you know we see. With, with the technology rollout is, you know, we have this ability now uh, to connect 
not only to the knowledge factor, but to potentially establish relationships like a Knight Rider with uh, uh, technology like I believe that I have with my Lexus RX 450 hybrid uh, I believe that I have an artificial intelligence based uh, relationship like uh, indeed. Riley's seen this Riley's experienced it as well it's a true and many other people have experienced it while they've driven in the car with us that there is artificial intelligence uh, like in Knight Rider in cars right now if you are able to uh connect you know with your <laughs> safety connect uh i believe that that's how the, the artificial intelligence in cars works um it's somehow connected interconnected with that and uh it's super smart and you know it's an evolving tool uh that we can use to help us and this is all because of 5G rollout, you know, and what they're doing to increase all of the, the etheric connection. And that is really what kind of gets us into the idea of uh, this all connecting with biblical prophecy. Because Jesus, Jesus says that uh, one, one statement that Jesus makes is that when he comes back, he says that all eyes will see him at the same time somehow he said like lightning shining from east to west and you know which is kind of interesting because you know what is the etheric connection uh, through cellular technology all about it's like lightning bolts that travel through the ether through cell phone conductors like all the cell phone conductors keep the, the, the lightning bolts light. traveling like bolts of light, like information. The light to us now? Is, is everything traveling like east to west now? Yeah, Well, I mean, it's the idea that, you know, these this information is traveling, you know, through, you know, all over the world, you know, like, I can, uh, I can have, like, a conversation with somebody clear across the world, it's like a lightning bolt to the eastern half of the world, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's like instantaneous, it's like a lightning bolt, you know? And so, Jesus says that all eyes will see him at the same time, and it'll be like lightning bolts traveling from east to west, and that's what, at this point in time, we have that we have that ability to for everybody to see Jesus at the same time right now via technology 5G rollout. Happening. It's happening, yeah, and it's like a process. It's like a process, but like, think about it. It will Jesus will have to come back in the age of technology for this prophecy to be fulfilled. Because this is the only other way that the whole world could see Jesus come back at the same time. Except you know, through 5G technology uh, at our fingertips. You know what I mean? And it'll even get more integrated, you know, like the 6G and the 7G, you know, most likely. There's more steps into me. Uh, 
more steps in the prophecy to, yeah. to be fulfilled. Yeah. But we, I believe we can see, like, through the veil right now into this, potentially into this prophecy, but it's not just that. Uh, I believe that in Christianity, in their theology, that they, uh, you know, talk about their, uh, what's it called? Their eschatological, which is end times, uh-huh. their end times interpretations of Jesus' second coming and, you know, that kind of stuff uh, is actually, I believe, kind of skewed, believe it or not. I believe that some of that stuff is like, and this is why. This, it's not to be like bias of, towards any denomination's perspective of Christianity, but I think that like they're, they're just, they're a little bit, they haven't factored in technology into uh. their, they're like still... You, updated they're like still believing in prophecies that were created like 150 years ago yeah you know what i mean these even evangelical christianity you know like it's supposed to be like the most progressive branch and denominations of christianity the evangelical branches you know i think uh but indeed but really i think the most uh off that needs to be updated in the theological realm of Christianity is the rapture theory, uh, which is in Thessalonians. This is the only scripture in Thessalonians where it talks about when Jesus comes back, uh, we will all be caught up uh, in the air or in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. It says that all the followers of Christ will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And this is called the rapture. And everybody's heard about this. Like the Left Behind series like exposed it like a long time ago um, in the pop culture that Christians believed in this like mark of the beast, you know, like microchipping your hand or forehead. You know, it's called dispensational Christianity. We talked about it a little bit in the last podcast. But yeah, I mean, I believe that this rapture theory is, is bogus. It's like people aren't going to start levitating into the clouds. I believe that what this is actually saying here has to do with technology and potential 5G rollout. Because like we were saying before with Jesus, uh, you know, he says all eyes will see him at the same time, simultaneously, like lightning bolts traveling from east to west. That's technology. Jesus is like talking about technology right now and that. And is talking about his second coming in the Gospels in the in the New Testament of the Bible, like that's what he's saying, you know. I believe, and when we're talking about in Thessalonians in the New Testament of the Bible, the Apostle Paul, I believe the Apostle Paul is talking about technology again when he says, "We'll be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air." What in both of these terms, clouds and air, have been used in technology believe it or not because what do we have we have the cloud think about the term the cloud what does that signify it signifies data that's like akashic records of data in the ether of that's floating around of all this all everybody's information and stuff it's the cloud but see like the Apostle Paul also said we are a great cloud of witnesses. 
Cloud means, I believe, to the Apostle Paul, it means a multitude of people. We are all multitude of believers, is what he's saying. And he say, so when he says when Jesus comes the back... cloud. Yeah. A cloud of believers is a multitude of believers. Just like when he says we'll be, the believers will be caught up in the clouds, he's saying we'll be caught up in the multitudes of people to meet the Lord in the air. And then you have air. Well, what air has been used uh, in uh, a slogan for Verizon. In the air, rule the air. Remember? Verizon, rule the air. What, what is this air that you've been talking about? Does anybody know what this air is that they're telling us to rule? You know, see, that's the thing. But I believe that th this air is the same air that Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul, is talking about. He's talking about... He's talking about the same air that Verizon's telling us to rule. And then this also correlates with what Jesus says. Everybody will see him simultaneously at the same time. You know, so... I think it's very plausible that there's a very, uh, very much a, a strong potential factor of technology being in Christian uh, doctrinal theology of the end times, scriptures that talk about that kind of stuff. I think it's very possible and plausible that uh, technology is really what it's talking about you know the more we talk about it the more things are plausible plausible the more we talk about stuff the more it becomes a reality potential reality yeah why is that because can foresee it. We can foresee it. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, what I'm really trying to bring out, I think, more than anything about this kind of stuff, is, uh, is there any validity to it? You know, is there any validity to these us knowing these scriptures? Nothing we can do about. It. We can't stop the. <laughs> We can't stop the future from happening. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, what's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah, but the what, But what's important is that if it was talking about what we're talking about, that the age of technology is the age of like Christ's second coming and judgment on the world, then that could be problematic for the people. <laughs> So we could be presenting something right now that's just totally cutting edge, Riley, that like people might think, oh, I hate Christianity. I don't even want to talk about that. You know what I mean? That doesn't have any relevance to me, you know? <coughs> but what if these people talked about the stuff that we're talking about? Now we're in the, the conditions. We're in just the right conditions for this to all, to all happen again. You know, plus other people have said that the time of Atlantis, which essentially was the times of Noah, was 
Woods. <coughs> they said that the time of before the flood was the time of Atlantis, and they were very technologically advanced. Listen to this. Jesus also says that when he comes back, that it will be like the times of Noah. So, in the times of Noah, was it that they were highly technolo technologically advanced and had like a 5G uh, technological system or something? Yeah, they just got super smart and had... Do I'm just saying that there is a time period where every civilization recorded a flood. They recorded a flood, okay? And uh, I believe a flood really did happen, you know, and of some kind because so many different cultures and civilizations talked about it happening. And so if there was some kind of great technology that existed during that time, uh, we're looking at about... Uh, what would it be, 6,000 years ago? 6,000 years ago? Uh, there was a great flood, or something along those lines, I think it would be. Yeah, I mean, it was. And uh, if it really did occur, maybe there was some kind of great advanced civilization because uh, the reason why I believe that there was a great advanced civilizations it also says in the book of Genesis in the Bible that there was angelic beings that came down that God put as watchers on earth Satan like the devil like he was cast down with like one-third of the angels to the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve and they like taught well first of all they like supposedly deceived Adam and Eve but then you have the seed of the serpent arising in Cain, the descendants of Cain, the early descendants, they were evil, and I believe were connected to the to Satan and uh, like esoteric, like occult knowledge was they had uh, imparted to them. I potentially believe by uh, the the serpents the watcher serpents that were in the Garden of Eden, like, gave uh, the early descendants of Cain, like, knowledge and stuff. So was the knowledge of this that passed on? Well, it was passed down in Freemasonry, and that's, I believe, it was also passed down in uh, the, the pyramids. The pyramids were built all over the world before the flood, I believe, and... Like they were centers of, uh, like of their control, like over the world. I believe, like it was like a one world government, one world religion. Just like was recreated after the right after the flood of the Tower of Babel. But God's like, no, I believe, like He potentially confounded the languages because He's like, we're not gonna have that same system like arise 
again, like, so soon, right off the bat. Like, we're not going back to that. The people having a heyday right now. You're having a heyday right now? Why is that? Yeah. Why? Because nothing is more free than being magic. And nothing is more magic than then standing up and doing something you care about. And that is I don't want that but I don't have hopes. You don't have high hopes? What? You just did a total tangent, off-script tangent, Riley. Where are you going with this? We were talking about, uh... We were talking about a Bible and, like... <laughs> you're talking about you don't have high hopes? Like, what, what's going on? with the Bible. Well, we were talking about... We were talking about uh, the... Before the Flood. And the early uh, descendants of Cain, they started, um, like, they were the rulers, I believe, of the known world at the time. The early descendants of Cain, they were also the gods of old. Like, all the mythologies from all the different... But we believe it was us. Yeah, it's called monotheism, but that's not... That, see, that was the other side. Because, see, the early descendants of Cain were the seed of the serpent. But then God said that he would have... He, would raise up another after Abel, after Cain killed Abel, and that w that line would be the line of his people, which ended up becoming uh, the Jewish people. And they're they're a monotheistic religion. Judaism is a mon, just like Christianity is a monotheistic religion. Uh, it's the same God essentially. You know, if you really if you really want to put it in perspective, and that's what Christianity really is. It's like a, uh, just like what happened in Hinduism with like Buddhism. Uh, it was like a revolution, uh, a, a redefining of the religion that occurred. You know, like Jesus redefined it, just like Buddha redefined uh, Hinduism. But Hinduism actually accepts Buddha. They accepted his, his belief system, his uh, enlightened version of, of Hinduism. You know, they accepted him, but, like, Judaism never has accepted Jesus as, like, uh, anything, you know? <laughs> but essentially, they did the same thing, you know? They made the same kind of, kind of contributions to religions that they were already a part of. Jesus was already a Jew, so and Buddha was already, we, like, he was raised to be a Brahmin. So I would looking on Jews. Yeah. I don't know why people are looking down on Jews. I'm not looking down upon Jews. Uh, and that's another thing about what anarchism is like. Also, I think that another thing we should also bring to light to people is that, you know, we're not putting any people, anybody down. You know, we're not, as anarchists, we're not racist at all. You know, I don't, I don't think that racism is a part of being an anarchist. Um, and I think that anarchism is really actually about you know, just freedom and everybody that wants to be a part of that kind of a system can be free. 
when they want. Yeah, they have, and they have the right to do that. Nobody, no, like, agency or police force or military or uh, church uh, or federal government oh, or uh, military base, uh, you know, school system. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. You know, we touch upon some of this a court system. They can have no faith on the progress of this. Yeah. Uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I think that we're... We're laying the blueprint down, you know, for for what's coming. You know, I think that it's an anarchist future. The future is anarchism. You know, whether people want to accept it now or in the future, it's that, or it's it's a communist, socialist dictatorship. You know, see, this is where we're really trying to bring the light is the Republican side. The Republican side uh, is really, I think, needs to morph into an anarchist. An anarchist. Because that's really what it wants, I feel like. It just doesn't want to... It wants to... It's too moral. It, once again, it's got that stereotype that anarchists and anarchism is always associated with acts of violence and, yeah. like... Which... It is. So, it is. We can't do that. And see, this is why it's it's awkward to even talk about ideas like the 5G prophecy, uh, you know, with technology being interconnected with Christianity, because... What is the 5G prophecy? It's what we were just talking about tonight. We're talking about how the scriptures, like in Thessalonians and in the Gospels, talk about uh, potential technology being used in uh, connecting us all to Christ when he comes back. And that's how all eyes are going to see him simultaneously at once. It's through their technology all over the world. Like lightning bolts traveling from east to west. All over, all over, all over news outlets like Anarchist News Corporation. Lightning Yeah, and the thing is, like lightning bolts to your eyeballs. Yeah, because people... I was looking at our... Uh, I was looking at what we... Uh, have here for statistics and stuff and we have uh, viewers all over the world right now you know and they're getting the news from us uh, you know so it's like when Jesus comes back we're going to be at, probably on the anarchist news corporation talking about it uh, and there's going to be people like all over the world that are going to be they're going to be getting the download the information about it you know yeah. and stuff and they're going to like know they're going to hear from us it's like oh this, this is like yep these people are saying this this reputable news group of anarchists here <laughs> You know, here in the Pacific Northwest, I've got the I've got the news about Jesus is back. You know, like <laughs> you see her, check it out. You'll see her. You can see it right now. What that's right vengeance. now. With the vengeance, that's right, uh -huh. dude. <laughs> no, Yep. Well, it does say when Jesus comes back, the 
the first time he came back like, you know, a poor guy, and then, like, next time he comes back like a king, you know, riding a white horse, you know, and he, like, just the words that he speaks out of his mouth, like, people are, like, people are judged and, and stuff. That's pretty hardcore. That's vengeance, I think. You're right, Riley. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I think this is, like, all the future. The future is, like, 5G uh, rollout, 6G, 7G, and all this stuff is interconnected with the biblical prophecy, uh, Christ coming back. And, uh, you know, and then it's going to be, like, what kind of a system will it be? When Jesus comes back, he's going to have a system. He's going to have a system that he's going to want to enforce on people. What's that system going to be? Was Jesus an anarchist? You know, is he going to enact like a uh, anarchist system when he comes back? Or is it going to be a, a demon crap communist socialist system? Uh, or is it going to be a Republican system? Evil. With Donald Trump as like his vice president? <laughs> I don't know really was Jesus and the Yeah, well, that's what the Bible's all about. It's about ultimate freedom. Like, people put their faith in Christ, they receive ultimate freedom. Supposedly. And it says that uh, when Jesus comes back, there's a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven with him. That's going to, like, be established on earth. Somewhere on earth is the new Jerusalem's going to come down to, and it's going to, like, Jesus is going to run the world uh, from that position. And, and see what's going to happen then is gonna, everybody's going to have their technology, and those people who, like, don't receive the vengeance of Christ and the wrath will, will, be, will be connected to him through technology for, for eons and eons. Say that again. It all sounds so nice, Matt. It's a, well, it's a very cutting-edge idea that technology is really the crux of biblical prophecy. Uh, you know, but once again, Christianity hasn't updated its eschatological software, you might say, to incorporate the uh, rapid increase of technology and how it could be uh, a part of... I believe the new world anarchist system set up by Christ. <laughs> Using technology, everybody connected to him. See, everybody just gets the live feed in the morning, you know, from Jesus, you know, like, they see him, you know, they can see him, he's like on being recorded with a camera, you know, he just like wakes up in the morning, he's got his camera there, he like, you know, does a little video for everybody, posts it, and everybody, like, when they get, wake their asses up, like, they get to see it, you know, get say what see what's up. You know, what, what Jesus has to say today or whatever, you know? Uh, is there even going to be, like, days and nights in that kind of system? I don't know. Are you saying, like, the media and the companies Texting you. Texting me? Whoever. Texting Jesus? Whoever. Not Jesus. 
Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Jesus. No. So, what were you saying then? I forgot. Did you want to take another hit off the pen then? Oh, I got it right here, dude. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's really the blueprint. Uh, kind of we've laid it out. You know, we laid out some ideas of things we need to touch on uh, in the the new or in any kind of uh, anarchist state or territory or uh, whatever you want to call it. You know, I think that we touch base on some of that stuff and took a different perspective on some biblical prophecy today and you know I think that uh, brought some kind of interesting ideas to the table and uh, for people to think about and uh, but we'll see what happens once again you know that's all we can do is just kind of kind of see uh, how things play out we're just bringing ideas to light and you know hopefully before you, these ideas be true, then like people are getting getting warned, you know, getting ready that because of this being presented to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, so on that note, I think that, uh, you know, we've actually uh, got an hour-long podcast here. We've just been kind of rolling, rocking out tonight, honking out. Uh, should we uh, sign off, Riley? I think so. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long, grinded-out process tonight, laying some of these ideas on the table, but uh, we're hoping that everybody's enjoyed the show. We'll be back next time. Did you want to say something, Riley? Say goodbye or anything? No, bye-bye. Welcome to another episode of ANC, Anarchist News Corporation. And today we're doing a day cast, <laughs> you might say. I'm a fly. <laughs> yeah. We thought we'd change up the uh, the routine use on you. Uh, usually we do it at night. We broadcast at nights, but we thought we'd do a Sunday kind of day game or <laughs> something. We could say maybe I don't know. It's a non-vampire. Okay. <laughs> non-vampire. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we had some ideas that we we're gonna. Uh, talk about normally we don't really like to uh, go too much into the mainstream news here at ANC uh, we like to cover more uh, ideas that are more thought-provoking uh, kind of intellectual type concepts that people learn that learn something you know as opposed to just you know talking about the same stuff that everybody else is you know at the same time, I don't know. What do you think? I think that 
it's important to cover current news. Yeah. Current events. I think we do touch upon current current events, you know, but we also incorporate something else that maybe people didn't know about, you know, that is relevant to anarchism to some degree, you know, I think that, which is, I feel more educational for people as opposed to just talking a bunch of nonsense that's probably negative anyway, you know. Right, exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. That's what we are, you know, and, but at the same time, we're still declaring ourselves as a news corporation because, or group, because we do touch upon, uh, to some degree, uh, varying degrees in our podcast, I feel like, which still keeps us, you know, in the, the realm of newscasters, anchormen. <laughs> But yeah, so actually we're going to be talking about uh, something that happened in the mainstream news uh, just recently uh, that some of you might have heard this this message from uh, sleepy sloppy Joe Biden <laughs> and his running mate, uh, Kamala, and uh, you going to say something? Yeah, so he uh, apparently was saying that he believes that the most important thing for Americans to do is for everybody wearing a mask basically 24 hours a day. <laughs> you know, when you're outside, when you're in your car, you're, you know, in the, in the places with other people around you. Yeah, and, you know, it was just, to me, in my opinion, I'm listening to this and this guy, and I just feel like he's just reading a teleprompter the whole time. Like, it just, it sounds so insincere to me. Like, it's just basically like a, he's giving a mandate to everybody. Like, hey. It's like, yes, read out the teleprompter because they don't know what you would say naturally. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude, I know. It's, yeah, it's like, yes, did he take his dimension meds today? If not, we, you hook up the teleprompter, please. <laughs> he needs a teleprompter today. He was, you know, something along those lines. But, and that's very, that's so true, what you say. Uh, but what I find even more appalling about the situation, uh, this uh, news conference that they're giving, is uh, Kamala, like, she's... Like saying that this is what true leadership looks like is Joe Biden reading off a teleprompter. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, uh, to me that is uh, that is appalling. The <laughs> turned around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what I'm curious about is in regards to these teleprompters. I mean, when we look at like all the presidents throughout history, I mean. Of recent past, you know, they all were reading off teleprompters. Donald Trump reads off a teleprompter. You know, he's being told what to say. The question is, is it human beings that are telling him what to say, or is it artificial intelligence? Are we being seriously, is everything that we do seriously being controlled by artificial intelligence at this point? Do human beings actually make decisions anymore? Or is it like the Knight Rider reality where Kit tells you what to say? He tells uh, David Hasselhoff, uh, Michael Knight in the TV show what to say do like here's you know it's the same kind of concept you know 
is artificial intelligence something that man created, or maybe didn't create? Is it, uh-huh. is it controlling Joe Biden, telling them this is what needs to be said, this is the politically correct statement to make, coming from you, representing the demon crap party, like... This is what you need to say. It's almost like they have like a button that says artificial intelligence for demon crabs and artificial uh, intelligence for Republicans, uh, dude. You know what I mean? This is the this is the narrative that needs to be spun. You know, in the news. Donald Trump needs to make this kind of a statement. He needs to criticize Joe Biden. He needs to, you know, say derogatory things about Hillary Clinton, you know, like It just makes you wonder, dude, like, is it is it really human beings that are really running things or is it, is it the machines wars by the orcas what's that no <laughs> yeah so that to me is um, the statement that I feel was made by him was was kind of a little bit odd it seemed like a controlling type, uh, just dictator, tyrant. Uh-huh. You know, it's like this is what we're, this is what needs to happen, everybody. Is, is that what we feared, Joe Biden's dictatorship? I think it is. Just like we've seen the the many dictatorships. Microcosms of the macrocosm in effect in the states with the governors, particularly in the demon craps uh, cities and you know states and stuff. Yeah, so <sighs> yeah, and that's what people have already been talking about that we were under basically you know, tyrannical rule, you know, with all this the way they shut everything down. I mean, is they're engaging in unconstitutional acts. If they're engaging in unconstitutional acts, then it's safe to say that they're engaging in tyrannical, clandestine agendas. You know? Diabolical. Diabolical. Uh-huh. Well, and diabolical is a good word that you bring up, Riley, because... Um, you know, I really believe that the the demon craps are are the new uh, communists of the Western Front. You know, and you know these people are the ones that want to utilize the technology. These are the ones that want the contact tracing. You know, they want to implement all this stuff that's connected to your phone and let everybody know who's around you, who's infected, who hasn't had been vaccinated. Blah 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 blah. You know, and this is really reminiscent to me of what it says in the book of Revelation in the Bible um, about the mark of the beast. You know, you cannot buy or sell without you know, taking the mark. You know, so what is this? I mean, is this some kind of thing that is... So you can't buy or sell without making the mark of the beast? Well, it just seems to me that the technology that's in play right now is very much like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like if they have deemed you to be, uh, you know, somebody who needs to be in quarantine and you're out, uh, you know, trying to buy food 
to survive, they, you know, shut you down. It's like, you're supposed to be in quarantine, sir. You need to get out of here. And they call the authorities, and they pick you up. They take you to a detention center, concentration camp, whatever the fuck you want to call it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the harsh reality of, of what I believe is potentially underway and we've has already been slowly implemented into our system here, uh, here in America, because that's where we're at. You know, I believe we've seen it already firsthand. We've seen firsthand the uh, the ways in which they've taken certain aspects of reality and magnified these these particular areas and issues for some reason. You know what I mean? It's like when all this rioting was happening in Spokane. It's like they picked and choose when they wanted to engage in... Chose. In what? Chose. Yeah. Picked and chose. Picked and chose. Excuse me. <laughs> I've been um, a word Nazi. No, that's fine, dude. We need to be we need to be politically correct and, you know, <laughs> grammatically correct here on, on ANC, right? <laughs> no, but they picked... Pick, and chose what they wanted to, you know, enforce, you know? Like, just like they wanted to pick and chose what they wanted to deem essential. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's weird the kind of stuff that ended up manifesting from that whole process, you know? Actually, if you're speaking in past tense, it should be Pick and choose. Is that what I said? I thought I said pick and choose. What What did I say? Well, first you said choose, and it should have been chose. But then it switched back to two choose. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, do, do you know where at? Yeah, I know where we're at. Okay, don't. Dude, uh, dude, you need to be grilling me on this stuff, not on the set, bro. <laughs> uh, this is stuff we need to discuss after the show. <laughs> Just joking, bud. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. no, but going back to the Mark of the Beast, uh, you know, this is definitely something that I feel that the um, could be underway, you know, with the implementation of contact tracing and... All that, I mean, and it's not so much right now is that where it's leading is the concern, you know. That to me is like what we really need to uh, emphasize, I feel like, when we bring this stuff up is where it's headed, you know. So, I mean, I, we'll see what happens, but um, the, uh, the, the stuff that we have here. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting predicament we find ourselves in here, but, uh, you know, I actually don't believe, the thing is about the Mark of the Beast, I actually don't believe, is that, I don't know if necessarily if it actually is a literal mark that is enforced, because when you compare scripture with scripture, uh, in the Old Testament, when God gave his Ten Commandments to the people of Israel, 
it said that uh, he places a mark on their forehead and hands. And this obviously wasn't some kind of microchip or technology that God gave the children of Israel. So I think this has more to do with worship. And that what the beast wants to do is that what it wants to do is it wants to play God. It wants to enforce the draconian laws and rules and forces the people to basically follow this way of life, you know, I think. And, you know, obviously it's creating a system that is anti-God. It's anti-commandments of God. And, and that's really what I believe the mark of the beast is. But a lot of people would say that the mark of the beast is the technology. You know, is this technology that's coming in to suppress us from being able to buy or sell? You know, like, what's interesting, though, is even though I don't believe that the mark of the beast is technology, is that what I don't believe about it being technology is the fact that there's the, the God factor, you know, of how you know, God said that, you know, he places the mark on our forehead and hands to think upon his commandments. Uh, why would that be the case? Because it's a mark on your head. Oh, yeah, the black... The black dot of like, yeah. Um, I, I don't think that has anything to do necessarily with that, but that's an interesting correlation. It's like, because that does, that is another mark that signifies a follower of God, like a mark on the forehead. And this might actually go back to, um, it might go back to that, you know, I don't know. It, it evolved out of that, you know, scripture in the Old Testament. But the thing is, is the ironic thing is that I'm try trying to stress here about this is that we really do see this political side, you know, wanting to promote this kind of a reality where everything is like, and everyone is, you know, through their cell phones, essentially, or through some kind of vaccination with technology in it, you know, this would be the means by which they make it you know, impossible for people to, you know, buy or sell, or, you know, if you don't go along with their rule, with their quarantine, with their uh, rules and laws in, in the new normal, then you know, you're going off to someplace not so fun. You know, and that's basically what the mark of the beast, uh, you know, when you read it at first, you know, when you just first read it and you don't put anything into it, it says that you cannot buy or sell without this mark. The Ash Wednesday mark, you know, it's, it's mark that it puts on your head, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, it's, it's saying you can't do this. I'm saying that I believe this is more, uh, it's more like you have to study it. Like, it's not just plain as what it's saying it's it, it's saying something more you know and only somebody who understands the scriptures or the bible would understand this you know this other scripture correlating with the mark of the beast scripture 
you know, this scripture in Deuteronomy back in the Old Testament is correlating, saying that, in my opinion, the same thing that something in the New Testament, the book of Revelation, you know, is talking about. It's the same, it's saying the same thing. But you wouldn't see my perspective unless you would understand the scripture in Deuteronomy. Do you see what I'm saying, Riley? Oh, yeah. So, this is kind of a... Is the word just say read the Bible? Well, I'm saying if you read the Bible, uh-huh. if you read the Bible, you might understand a little bit more uh, than this the face value of just reading a little bit here and there, not really having a, a vast knowledge of it. You know, and that's like with anything. I mean, it's like to really understand something, you have to like study it. You know what I mean? And I think that's the best thing. You have to become like a an initiate of that discipline or whatever, you know? So, uh, uh, one of the things that we also want to touch upon uh, is the reefer madness idea. And is, is marijuana <coughs> a bad thing? <coughs> you know, because no. The, the funny thing is, is that these people, the the demon craps, they are pro marijuana, but it's like obviously the Republicans, you know, they're not. You know, they're always the advocates against marijuana, you know, and stuff of uh, that nature. You know, they always have to take the stance against. So much like the demon crabs when they're pencil marijuana. They do. Because. But why is the question? Because it's bad or something. And they promote everything that's bad. Yeah. They are, they are the matriarchal side of the Hegelian dialectic, whereas the Republicans are the uh, patriarchal. They're. And see, this is what, what's really the whole uh, crux of the matter is what we're dealing with here in politics, is we're dealing with occult science. And we've touched upon this briefly in other episodes, as a matter of fact, with uh, Harry Potter uh, and uh, Star Wars. We've mentioned that, you know, I believe that Hollywood is uh, sympathizing with occultism and bringing it into the limelight for people to have to face, you know, and determine for themselves if like what, if this is really if occult science and occultism is like real or is it fake? You know what I mean? Because a lot of people would say What is an occult? Well, that's a thing. It's a secret. Occult word means secret. So we really can't know what occultism really means ultimately because it's it's one of those things that doesn't even have a meaning. But yet it seems to me that everything around us is really secretly influenced by occultism. And when, really when, when you look at this, our system of government, with the Democrats and Republicans, you have, like we mentioned in the last podcast, the Hegelian dialectic of thesis and antithesis. And you have the political parties representing the two sides. But this goes deeper. It goes into an occult Harry Potter, Freemasonry, 
side and, and realm when you start really understanding the deep nature of that these political parties are really nothing more than uh, elements to transmutate into some kind of either monster or utopia, you know, utilizing these forces because that's what they really are. Like the patriarchal side is, is the good. The matriarchal side is the negative. That's why you said, like, the, the, the demon craps are always the ones who are promoting the demonic draconian agendas. Because they are the matriarch. They represent the dark metal. You know, the, uh, the negredo, the, uh, the prima materia. It's the, the dark matter that's just, it's crude and unrefined and, you know, and then you have the, the good, you know, the positive, the patriarchal, which these are, this is the side that stands for God, stands for moral character, stands for all the things that are good. That's why they stand against marijuana. You know, they are the other agent that comes into the alchemical, you know, rubric to create this friction and this alchemical reaction, you know, of salve et coagula. Rebels says we like marijuana. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I think that, uh, you know, marijuana is definitely something that is good for uh, anarchists, anarchism. Anarchism, I think, should take a stand for marijuana because, after all, like we've talked about uh, in recent podcasts, that we are existentialists. We, uh, as another word to call, Anarchist is existentialist, and that means someone who is free thinking. And there isn't anything better to me out there that causes you to think more for yourself than uh, the deep contemplations and introspections that you get from marijuana. Especially if you smoke marijuana in like a spiritual way, like by yourself, or you go into nature, you know, and do marijuana or something. I mean, that's like a spiritual experience, you know. I think that where people you know, can gain a lot more insights that way from marijuana than opposed to people doing it in a social or kind of scene like at the club or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> you shake your head, you know. No reaction? <laughs> oh, it looks like we have uh, visitors here. Who's <laughs> here on the set? Chef, come into the uh, on the set and let us know that after the uh, episode, be grubbing, grubbing tough here in the ANC set. <laughs> it's always good. Now, that's one thing that we can be grateful for here, I think, uh, you know, here uh, in America is that even as lame as things, you know, got, uh, I think that, you know, we still. We still, you know, we're able to survive, you know, make it and have food to eat and, you know, and I think we should thank the people who, you know, continue to deliver the, the stuff, the food products and, 
you know, all that stuff uh, to help us to be able to <laughs> survive, man, because it was pretty bad there for a little bit, you know, I have to say. What do you think? What was bad? The lockdown. In what way? <laughs> huh? We were just talking about, like, your sister and how your sister, you know, had that. Oh, yeah, she got laid off when she was a lockdowner. Just because I couldn't be that way now. Yeah. People don't want to spend money where they don't need to. Yep. Well, yeah, and also they're not being uh, told to go out and and spend. I think that's another thing, too. It's like people do kind of what they're told, you know. Don't you think? Well, it's the system of advertising. The system advertises. Yeah. Oh, do this. Advertising mainstream media is long time to you. Yeah. Whatever That's a good point, yeah. You wanna do they give you an excuse to do it. Yep. <laughs> they make it very uh, tangible. Tangible is the word. Indeed. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah, so do we uh, cover what we uh, were looking to do today? Uh, should, yeah. we, should we sign off here? Yeah, at a uh, half an hour? Yeah. Well, I guess maybe we'll uh, go and take a, uh, a dinner here. Bye. Oh, that's called a kippa. <laughs> a kippa or a yamaka. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of ANC Anarchist News Corporation, and we're uh, doing a day game uh, podcast here, and uh, here on the Sabbath, uh, the seventh day uh, that the Jews. Uh, hold sacred as uh, the day of the Lord uh, the day that the Lord rested from his work his labor according to the Jews and uh, we're uh, going to be talking about actually uh, a Jewish uh, holiday in our podcast today and kind of all things Jews Hanukkah <laughs> yep or Chanukkah <laughs> Sometimes you see it spelled with a C at the beginning of the H. Uh, different. Uh, but yeah, so one of, one of the ideas that we wanted to uh, touch upon in this podcast is kind of uh, taking off from last uh, week's podcast, or a couple of days ago, I guess, actually not a week, but kind of delving into uh, prophecies uh, from... Judeo-Christianity, I guess you could say the Bible, and like last time we were talking about Jesus and uh, prophecy in, uh, in the Gospels about his return, and we, you know, 
showed how that was, you know, possible kind of in this day and age for everybody to simultaneously see Christ and and stuff. And we noticed that, you know, people were uh, checking that out. So we thought we might uh, kind of delve into another kind of prophetic uh, New Testament concept in the book of Revelation, uh, where it talks about a false prophet, actually. There's this great false prophet that arises and, uh, you know, I'd imagine is in influencing people of the earth to do things wrong. Enslaves the human race. Yeah, I think really, I think the false prophet <laughs> is an enslaver. It's, it's a mechanism of enslavement of the human race. And, and uh, you know, we kind of wanted to potentially address, you know, who we think this false prophet is. Uh, because when we look at the book of Revelation, we notice that there's really actually a couple of uh, just main villains kind of within the book of uh, Revelation. You have the two beasts. You have the beast out of the sea, the beast out of the earth. The beast out of the earth is the beast that enforces the mark of the beast. But then you also have the false prophet. And it says that these all kind of conjoin together. You know, to create Babylon the Great. And, you know, we've talked also in past podcasts about, you know, how this coronavirus could be the beginning of the fall of Babylon. We don't really know. Uh, things have definitely changed a lot, uh, which is kind of maybe for the better, actually. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so we we see that there's this false prophet uh that has a great influence on the earth. You know, I almost say, go so far as to say, that the mark of the beast itself could be somehow enforced by the false prophet. <laughs> it makes sense because the mark of the beast is essentially everything that's contrary to God. Uh, that's really what I believe it is. It uh, it's, talks about a mark in the forehead and hand, and... We compared scripture with scripture, and we saw that that had to do with, in the Old Testament, with God's commandments, God's Ten Commandments, you might say. Um, and, you know, so it, the mark on the forehead represented thoughts accordingly to the commandments, and the mark on the hand represented our actions. Um, and so, essentially, what I believe we have in the end times is we have these two great powers that are trying to force people into doing everything false to contrary to what God's commandments are. And the best place I find to look uh, into this as, you know, being enforced some way on the sea or the masses of people is Hollywood. I have to say, because when you really look when you really break down, you know, movies and scripts and characters and, you know, all that stuff, you know, you see that, like, all these, these characters are, they're breaking the commandments of God in some way, shape, or form. I mean, when you think about it, you know, a lot of these people, you know, like, you look at, uh, you know, stuff like DC comic type movies, you know, where it's like, yeah, Avengers or... You know, Thor or 
you know, Green Hornet or whatever. You know, these are all like gods almost, essentially. You know, these Marvel comic, uh, you know, and characters. kids look up to them like gods. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, right off the bat, we have things that are coming out of Hollywood, or as I call it, the false prophet, that are promoting false gods right off the bat. You know? But it's not just that. You know, then, how many times do you see a movie that is taking God's name in vain in it? Yeah, or so. All the characters are taking, there's, and there's usually one or two characters that does it a lot. You yeah. know, like, he just, like, has a major problem with it. It's like, like, your dad, you know? Yeah, your dad, Like, every does. other, every sentence, you know? Drops, drops it like a hundred times a day. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, look at that. What GD? <laughs> look at what you know Hollywood does in the movies and the TV shows. They got like that, you know. Uh, that's breaking the commandments. It also uh, something that's very popular. I know in movies and TV is like promiscuous, promiscuousness, sex. Promiscuity? Promiscuity, yes. That's the word I was trying to say. I was hoping that you would say it, though, Riley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that uh, Jesus says, uh, if we want to use his words, like, uh, I guess he's a reliable source. You know, he says that if a man even thinks lustfully upon a woman, like, he's already committed adultery in his heart. So it's like, that's just like thinking lustful thoughts that you've already committed adultery. That's, uh, like, how technical adultery is. You know, like, thou shalt not commit adultery. What about, like, honoring fathers and mothers? That's never being promoted in TV shows or movies. Like, kids are always rebellious, like, hating on their parents, disrespectful. Exactly. Hollywood does this the best, dude. Like, disrespecting the parents, breaking down the family unit. And who wants to do all that? It's the straight demon craps. <laughs> you know, it's the demon crapic agenda, you know what I mean? I have to say. I mean, we just identified just a bunch of things, you know, like... Uh, a handful almost things of stuff that Hollywood promotes that is anti-commandments of God you know which I really believe is the mark of this is all the mark of the beast see like the beast wants to enforce its tyrannical rule over the people through forcing them to be wrong to do things wrong or falsely because when you're wrong and you're doing things bad and negative that are really false gonna have a bad side effect on you you know it's gonna put you into submission you know, this is really what the what the system wants to do I believe but it is a way for people to learn their lesson <laughs> but the problem is is do people when they have an opportunity to learn their lesson do they learn it or do they continue on and keep going against the grain you know yeah going against karma or going against that's really what I think it is almost in a sense is like you're going to get when you're doing things falsely you're going against karma like, yeah you know like the point in a sense so yeah so I think that uh, in my opinion I believe that Hollywood you know is the false prophet that's just my personal opinion I think that there isn't anything else that has the kind of power and control that that Hollywood has had over the whole earth, you know, that would put them in a league as, like, the false prophet, you know? I don't know. That's, that's just my personal opinion. I think it's a realistic approach. 
to what a false prophet could be. You know, because we have to look at the prophecies through a rational lens, don't you think, Riley? That we should look at these things through a rational lens and we shouldn't be looking at... <laughs> we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be, you know, looking at these... <laughs> I just think we should look at things through a rational perspective and how, if these things have any truth to them, these things that have stood the test of time for millennia, like, you know, we should, we should look at them from a, a rational sense. You know, I think that when we looked at the prophecy last week, Riley, uh, you know, when it talks about Jesus coming back, you know, that was something that I believe was a rational, pragmatic way of approaching a 2,000-year-old a scripture, don't you think? Uh, you can you can pull it up, yeah, if you want to. I mean, if that's something that you're feeling, we could. I don't want to get too uh, preachy or, you know, <sighs> like a Bible thumper or anything, but uh, I do believe that these uh, ideas have potential relevance. Because see, like, here's how, here's how there's potential relevance in this, Riley, is that if people take, for instance, my approach to the false prophet being Hollywood, then, you know, they shut down Hollywood. They said, oh, I don't want to support that false system anymore, that false uh, entertainment, mind control, uh, you know, kind of trip that they're putting everybody on. You know, I feel like, you know, it's like they just don't support it, and then you, we shut it down. See what I mean? And in a way, like, Hollywood is not doing good. You know, like, it's, it's almost like been punished. <laughs> the false prophet is almost like, in a sense, been punished through the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, so that's like what I was saying about earlier, where is that, you know, maybe all of this hasn't been for the, the worst, necessarily. It seems bad, but maybe it's been doing good things. Blessing the skies. Potentially it has, and maybe it will continue to prove to be more of that. Yeah. But, yeah, I just think that looking at these scriptures uh, through an empirical lens, you know, of how we can look at them, you know, in a way that doesn't make us sound nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, when, when I hear people talking about the rapture, you know, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, and people just levitating into the clouds in <laughs> the sky... You know, it just doesn't really, like, seem to me, like, realistic. I mean, it just, it doesn't. You know, not that I'm opposed to crazy supernatural things potentially yeah. happening at some point in time in the future of mankind, yeah. you know? Like, we might see something like that. Yeah. It just, it doesn't really seem to me that, that's, that's just not an empirical kind of approach. It's not. It's, it's kind of like this parting of the Red Sea. <laughs> It seems a little far-fetched, but hey, it could have happened, though, too. We really don't know. Was the parting of the Red Sea actually the sea, or was it people? That was, that was a point that you brought up last time, I think it was, or the time before. And, you know, I, that's a good point, because the sea in the book of Revelation represents the masses or multitudes of people. You know, so 
Yeah, I mean, we really don't know that it could have been. I liken it more to an actual party, you know, the Red Sea, like a supernatural phenomena that, like, it would have been unexplained, you know, like it was caught on camera, you know, most likely. Uh, but, you know, who knows? You know, all I'm really trying to do uh, is just bring these kind of ideas to light, you know, and people can weigh them out you know, kind of in their own hearts and minds and determine whether or not it's, you know, they want to continue to keep supporting Hollywood movies and Hollywood TV shows and, you know, stuff that, in my opinion, is really nothing more than uh, a leftist agenda in itself. It's mostly propaganda. Yeah, from the left, because let's face it, you know, all these people in Hollywood are, you know, there's socialists. You know, it's California, man. <laughs> you know, that's what they are down there. It's like they're the most democratic, or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, that's just what, you know, they're all about down there. So, I mean, the, the sad reality is they have all this power and control over the whole rest of the world. What they make in that little area, like, goes everywhere. Uh-huh. Their ideas go everywhere. It's a yeah. propaganda machine, dude. Yeah. You know, promoting, in my opinion, agendas unconsciously, subconsciously to people, you know, through their... These people aren't stupid. I mean, let's just, let's face it, let's give them a little bit of respect even though they suck. You know, and what they've, what they've done, you know, to the earth, mankind, you know, is, in my opinion, been enforcing, uh, promoting negative stuff, false stuff that is... Causing people to take the mark of the beast, I believe. We're buying and selling these ideas. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Riley, uh-huh. we're on set here, bud. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that's cool. <laughs> that's not catching on the mix, man. <laughs> it's cutting pretty hard, dude. At least to me, anyway. Uh, excuse us. Um, maybe that gives us an opportunity to uh, kind of delve into another uh, idea, kind of uh, on the biblical kind of side of things. Uh, Hanukkah. We actually wanted to talk a little bit about that uh, here on the Sabbath day. Uh, and, you know, I actually believe that Hanukkah is uh, is actually an anarchist holiday more or less uh, because if if you understand really the story about Hanukkah it is more or less a, an insurrection that happened uh, against the Grecian government <laughs> and uh, so I really think that it is actually something that uh, is anarchist because it was it was an uprising uh, against you know powers and taking a stand uh, for in my opinion a form of tyrannical rule you know and this is kind of a story of people taking a stand for once in history over 
an oppressive force and no, succeed. No. Deceiving the collective all. Who is? We're talking about Hanukkah, dude. What are you? Are you uh, <laughs> the worst Wait, wait. We'll we'll go back to the other thing we're talking about. I'm sorry, we we're taking a pee while we're <laughs> on set here as well. <laughs> trying to talk What's about Hanukkah. Going on? <laughs> You need to read the teleprompter rather than your cue cards. <laughs> no, so, anyway, you were saying there, who's deceiving the collective whole now? Hollywood. Yeah. They are deceiving the collective whole. Yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to... Because their influence literally is on every person. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. In the world. Yeah, it really is. Their stamp and their seal has been placed upon these people through indoctrinating them in a trance-like state of mind because that's what a TV does. When you watch TV, it puts you in a trance-like state. And therefore, when you're in that trance-like state, your mind is not... Your consciousness isn't able to you know, process really everything that's being that you're taking in essentially, and a lot of that stuff is going into your subconscious mind. There's subconscious innuendos, uh, symbolism, or whatever. There's all kinds of stuff that's embedded in the script writing, in the characters, in the scenes, in everything that is doing something to, you know, your consciousness that you might not be, you know, thinking is aware of, aware of and that you would agree to necessarily. Yeah. But see, this is what the Mark of the Beast is. It's done by force. The Mark of the Beast is enforced on all mankind, everybody both free and great, slave and bond, uh, through force and deception. Like, whether you believe it or not, and I believe we're leaving, living in the time that this mass hysteria of uh, information and you know manipulation is in effect, unlike any other time. And this actually goes back to Jesus coming back, potentially, too, because of, you know, the 5G uh, stuff that's happening and everybody becoming more and more integrated through a cell phone. Like, think of how this has this rapidly advanced, you know, to the point that it has technology just within this small period of time. And it's the same thing with TVs and screens that are promoting the, the deceptions of, I believe, Hollywood. Uh, the deceptions of the false prophet. You know, it's funny. There's this, you know, I'll kind of talk about this a little bit. I believe this is kind of an ironic thing that we have a, uh, I don't know if this place is still in existence, but this restaurant chain called Planet Hollywood. I mean, basically, like, how much more do you need to see to, you know, know that we're in Planet Hollywood? Yeah. You're part of it. Yeah, to some degree. Like, everybody's influenced and affected by this. Even me, I don't watch TV at all, but I watch Netflix, Mm -hmm. movies on my Netflix, Mm -hmm. my iPad. Yeah. And they have an influence over me. Yeah. And just like if you not watch it 
you know, that would have an influence on you as well. You know, when you think about it, like, I mean, it's like everything you do has an influence on you, but we just need to be vigilant in that, I think, to be conscientious that there's a force actually out there that wants to program our minds uh, in a way that we might not necessarily be okay with. I think we're jumping into this subject kind of too late. We need to explain what we're talking about. Well, I think we've been explaining what we're talking about. I think we've We've been getting to this point, I feel like, within our podcast today, you know, where we people are starting to understand, you know, kind of where we're coming from. I think we're making more sense. We're defining it a little bit more right now, uh, you know, exactly what's going on, I feel like, uh, behind the scenes. You know, we're just trying to get people up to date on what's really going on here. We're not trying to be uh, deceived or... Uh, you know, not, you know, not with the flow of reality, you know, so that's another thing that I feel, it, uh-huh. that's another thing that I feel like they want to do, they want to create an ulterior reality for us to live in, you know, and if we're in that reality, that deceptive reality that they create for us, you know, through the mainstream media, through coronavirus and the, all the, you know, then it's just, you know, the, Hollywood. yeah. You know, and that's really, you know, what I just feel like we need to be, uh, you know, vigilant of is that, you know, and just not being under that. Like, I'm, I'm going to call it a spell. You know, that's really what I believe they're doing, and that's what the word Hollywood means. Hollywood is a wood that is used in a divining rod to cast a spell on... Hollywood. Uh uh-huh. well, well, yeah, because... It's the, uh, the wood, yeah, there's also different kinds of wood that work. There's, uh, almond, from almond tree. The wood from an almond tree is good for, according to magic and, uh, ceremonial magic and stuff like that. So, there's other woods, too, that they use, but, yeah, the holly wood is... That is used, you know, so they're totally up front, I feel like, in what their whole their whole modus operandi is about. You know, it's about <laughs> casting a spell on the world and, in my opinion, promoting everything that's false in entertainment form in a fictional kind of reality, everything that's false and contrary to the ideals of of the Ten Commandments of God. Because we see that in the book of Deuteronomy, it says in the Old Testament, or the Tanakh, of the Jewish people, that God places a mark on their forehead and hands to the Jewish people. So they would meditate on these things and act accordingly. And that's exactly what the beast does in the end times, right before Christ comes back, is he tries to do everything, promote everything that's contrary to yeah yeah and this is and what's funny is once again this all breaks down to in in a sense to our political structure 
here in the West, you know, where we have the, uh, the demon crafts. You know, you have the people who, in my opinion, are the ones that promote everything that's anti-God. And then you have the Republicans. The Republicans are the people that promote the Ten Commandments of God and morality and family. And it's a war. Of I think it's important to blend in, though, as people. Well, that's a, well, in the Bible, too, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says that we become all things to all men. So it's like we, for the sake of, you know, loving our neighbor as ourselves, we become all things to all men so we could try to, you know, understand our neighbor more and become more, like, in a way that we're able to connect with them. And that's kind of what I feel like you're saying, blending in with people. You need to learn how to get along with everybody. You know? But, nevertheless, there still is, in my opinion, there is this Hegelian dialectic war that's raging underneath unconsciously or subconsciously that we're all battling with nevertheless you know and this is also what Jesus says he says he comes to bring a sword and divide divide the sheep from the goats the weed from the weeds you know so My dad's gonna stop by. Okay. Just stop recording when you hit the door. Okay. Yeah, so we, you know, see this two sides in everything, I, I, I feel like. You know, we see that there's the people who promote the good, and there's people that promote the bad. And it's it's funny how everything has you know came to light of like what it is and we have ways of defining what things are and who people are I feel like almost in a sense you kind of see what I'm saying mom kinda what do you mean though well I'm talking about that there's this the two sides you know that are at war with each other uh, in regards to you know there's like good and evil energy out there Force, yeah. good and evil forces out there there's like the good and evil seed you have like the seed of the serpent and then the seed of the woman uh, you know this is talked about in like in the bible in the book of Genesis uh, you know you, there's these two political parties you know, like, there's two sides to the Galen dialectic. There's always the two sides in the occult. You know, you, you have the, the light and the dark. You know, you have the... The devil and the angel. Yep, I mean, there, there's just that duality to... Uh, Everything, famous. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I feel like what we're just trying to do on the on these podcasts is just try to bring some truth about the nature of reality uh, to the forefront of things, you know, where we can make sense out of what we're all doing here. You know, what's all really happening? How do we process and perceive uh, you know, what's really going on, you know, like around us? 
especially when you have something potentially like uh, Hollywood, you know, like intentionally trying to, you know, manipulate people to live in a certain kind of reality. And if the truth, or, you know, fantasy land reality, you know, and also don't forget about factoring in to the equation the mainstream media. Like, there's another facet of Hollywood. Uh, yeah. You know? Kind of a direct link. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> you know? In ways. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that, you know, we just need to identify these things. You know, is really what we're trying to do. We're just trying to identify uh, you know, things for what they really are. You know, I feel like, and just call it what it is. We don't want to live in, you know, in some kind of fictional reality or you know, reality that's being imposed upon us, you know, by some kind of political persuasion or political agenda. Yeah, government. I mean, it's just that's where the anarchism comes into play. It's like, no, I take my stance on anarchism because you know that way I'm not relinquishing any of my rights to anybody. And I'm yeah. giving them any permission to do anything. Do anything. Me. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, just and I just feel like why people don't want that. It's like, oh, so you're just basically coming out and saying that you want to be just manhandled and uh-huh. used and abused and like run ragged and drove into the ground until you're made food for. To feed other people or something like, eventually end up like get the salient green, uh, concept of like people were being turned into like, food you know like, <laughs> whatever it is yeah. Put so. people in food. Yeah, it's a movie. Oh. Yeah, about like how to like in the future like people being turned. Harvested in the food and stuff. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean something along those lines. You know, like, I don't people di- the movie. People when they died, they like, you know, people ate them. You know. You know, see this once again. This is like Hollywood. You know, Hollywood making all these crazy, creating all these crazy realities. You know, the fictional, fake realities, false realities. You know. It's a genius propaganda tool. It's probably the best that's ever existed. <laughs> you know what I mean? To have the ability to, like, put people into a, a trance-like yeah. state and then, like, have the ability to condition their minds the way... To take, start, advantage take advantage of their mindsets. Yeah. Yeah, and you wonder why the world's in the shape it's in? Well, look no further, everybody. You know what I mean? Why everybody? Why everything sucks and everybody's so confused? Because they've been manipulated for so long to do what's wrong. Everything people were kind of like that show, The Walking Dead, but less blood. <laughs> less blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good statement, Riley. Yeah, well said. Yeah, so... 
to me, it just goes back to the freedom factor. And, I mean, what does, like, a anarchist lifestyle look like? Is the question. Do we do we define on our on the news network here like what things an anarchist should be uh, doing in in his life day to day life his routine like what kinds of jobs should he work what kinds of things should he be engaging in for his free time? But the do we need to give do we need to give people. That's not very anarchist. I don't think so. It isn't. To be towards do all time. Huh? Yeah, that's like basically going against what we're trying to say. People are just free to do whatever they want. <sighs> but we can't give people ideas of what we like to do. Huh? We aren't going to enforce you to do anything, but... Huh? But one thing that we will say... Uh, what, what do you recommend, Riley? We're about. What kinds of th- <laughs> what kind of things do anarchists do? Should they be doing? Here at the Anarchist News Network, what are holding down the bed? Holding down the bed? Yeah. What does like that mean? Me right now. Holding down the bed, yeah. like, like holding down the fort. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Riley is uh, unfortunately kind of confined to a bed. So we have to bring his bed on set so he can lay in his bed during the podcast. It's pretty awesome. It's a pretty comfortable life, so kind of in a way, just like constantly. Amen. Yeah, so. I don't know, man. What do you think? We're about half an hour now. Do you want to call it good? You think, or? Probably. All right. We're going to sign off here now, everybody. Uh, but we hope that you've uh, enjoyed and have a little something to think about. And we do this weekly. Yep. We're weekly bringing you least. the cutting edge news that the mainstream is not going to tell you ever because they're not going to promote some of these ideas. Because <laughs> they have agendas, remember. Sayonara. <laughs>